Well, here's an interesting fact. Brushing with water alone caused less abrasion than when toothpaste was added. If you add an abrasive paste to the brush, there will be more abrasion. So if you're brushing with water alone, there is less abrasion, less chance of damaging your enamel and gum recession. Hi, everyone. Dr. B here. Again, thanks for joining us at Ask the Dentist. I'm your host, and we're going to talk about toothbrush bristle design. Sounds a little nerdy. Sounds a little boring, perhaps. A toothbrush is a toothbrush. I just pick up the least expensive one or the one that is most readily available. And I'm here to tell you that is a huge mistake. Uh, toothbrush design, whether it's the stiffness of the brush, soft, hard, medium, uh, you see these on the labels in the store when you're buying toothbrushes. Also, the patterns of bristles, the size of the bristle, they can now measure down to micrometers. They call them nano toothbrushes. It's really a micrometer size. Also, staggering the bristles, there's a cross action. And then how does it affect the bristle design, uh, the brush head design, size of the brush head? I'll touch on that a little bit. It's more about the bristle in this episode and then also the, the size of the bristle and manufacturing quality. I'm going to talk about a thumb test, uh, an opaque test, a sound test for the electric toothbrushes. And then also I'm going to talk about brush head flex because that affects the abrasiveness, abrasivity of the bristles themselves, whether they're soft or not. And then we're going to talk about abrasive toothpaste and tell you how that changes the equation. So it is very complicated. I've got a series of studies here I'm going to review with you very quickly. This is a very important topic. Remember, you're doing this for a lifetime. You're doing this twice, three times a day. You really need to know what you're brushing with because nylon on dentin and on enamel over time, that amount of time that I just described, can have a huge effect on your dental health. It can make your teeth sensitive. It can wear out your teeth. It can speed up the need for restorations, fillings along the neck of the tooth. A uh, lot of sensitivity. A lot of people don't understand that their sensitivity is due typically to grinding, but also to brushing. And, you know, we're all trying to do the right thing. As dentists, we tell you to brush twice a day. I'm going to give you a lot more information on that. There, there are a lot of caveats and qualifications to that recommendation. So, and I'll tell you what I brush with, what I'd like to do. Uh, I'm going to try and cover it all. It's not a comprehensive review of specific toothbrushes. We cover that on our website. We've got a store and that changes. It's dynamic because I always find something better. Uh, again, <laughs> I, I'm testing. That's the manual group I'm testing currently. Uh, I usually save the ones I like, or if there's a really bad toothbrush, I'll save that as an example later. I put them in a Ziploc back into the shed with a kind of a category. It's like, this is a good instructional uh, toothbrush to tell people not to brush, what not to brush with. So anyway, so we're going to talk about abras abrasivity as it relates to bristle design. And I would say there are more bad toothbrushes out there, unsafe that if you use them as directed, which is scary, you're, you're doing the right thing, but you're using the wrong the wrong toothbrush, you're going to cause damage to your hard tissues in the mouth. We, we call teeth, dentin, enamel, the, the hard tissues. So there's lots to talk about. So let's first start with some studies. I just, again, it's amazing how many studies there are on tooth bristle design and the effects they have in the mouth. A lot of them are outside of the mouth on 
adult teeth, uh, adult human teeth, and sometimes teeth like bovine teeth and and animals, and and they're mounted, and and then sometimes machines will apply the right force, and then toothpaste is added. I like the studies that examine tooth wear inside the mouth. It's way more difficult to do. This is a combination of both studies. But my point is, is that this is a very well studied area of uh, segment of oral health, but it doesn't get discussed enough. And and if you knew more about it, you would be better off making, it would be easier for you to make a toothbrush selection. It is totally overwhelming walking into a store, going onto Amazon, uh, virtual store, it doesn't matter, online store, it's too much. We have too many choices. And as I said before, there are only a few good choices and all the bad choices are making it difficult to piece out the, the good ones. So anyway, that is my intent with this little small bite here. Let's start with the studies. Okay. And these are all recent studies. The studies have gotten better. The old studies were funded by toothbrush companies. Uh, there are a lot of electric toothbrush studies that are funded by Sonicare and Oral-B. That, that was 20 years ago. Of course, they all thought electric toothbrushes were better. They are in some cases, but there was a lot more to flesh out. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But anyway, so for example, Journal of Dentistry, 2015, there was a study to assess the role of toothbrush and toothpaste in abrasion process. I'm starting off with this one because it's not just about the bristle. It's about the abrasivity of the toothpaste and some toothpaste. And that's the way they were designed. Again, back, I think it was World War I, they noticed that a lot of the young men had terrible oral health and they invented essentially the modern toothbrush and toothpaste. And the two together, a polishing paste, which has abrasion in it, abrasive particles in it, and nylon bristles that help spread that paste and it, and in itself has some uh, abrasion to it. It's a nylon bristle that wears down the the biofilm and cleans it and removes it. Of course, it grows back within 20, 30 minutes, but overbrushing, brushing too hard, brushing with a low-quality toothbrush in and in conjunction with an abrasive toothpaste can wear down your teeth. So these recent studies essentially are showing that brushing, well, here's an interesting fact, brushing with water alone caused less abrasion than when toothpaste was added. And I'm bringing that up because that illustrates the point. If you add an abrasive paste to the brush, there will be more abrasion. And that's how it's designed to work. Um, so if you're brushing with water alone, with a generic tooth uh, brush, there is less abrasion, less chance of damaging your enamel. And when I say damage, I'm also want to include gum recession. Overbrushing, the way we brush, the motion, how stiff the bristles are, uh, how well-made they are, and also what kind of toothpaste you use. All of these factors should be considered when it comes to gum recession and sensitive teeth. That's all kind of the, the same category. So anyway, interesting, right? Add a little water, wet your toothbrush, which I recommend you do. That lowers the, the amount of abrasion you get from brushing with that toothbrush. Add the toothpaste, then of course the abrasion goes up because you're rubbing a paste. This is how we polish our gold crowns. This is how most polishes, most polished surfaces are attained. Uh, whether it's a marble countertop or a car, multiple uh, layers of abrasives until you get to a very fine layer and then you start getting that shine. And then sometimes you can coat it with things. But, but, uh, anyway, so adding 
a toothpaste can really up the damage done by any toothbrush, even a soft toothbrush or a safe or a sensitive gum toothbrush. I'm not going to talk too much about the relative, the RDA, the relative dentinal abrasivity index of toothpaste. Stay under 50. I prefer under 35. A lot of toothpaste go well beyond that. This is a relative scale. Most of the main major brand toothpaste, especially the ones that claim there's some whitening, are in the 150 and higher. They go up to 300. It's amazing how abrasive these things are. You can polish a, you know, a, a scratches in your furniture with this stuff. So this assessing the role of toothbrush and toothpaste together, the conclusion of this study was that a softer toothbrush can cause more abrasion than harder ones, given the type of toothpaste used. And then the flexibility of bristles is only secondary to the abrasion process. Abrasivity of dentifrice toothpaste has an important role in the abrasion process. So, okay, so I just wanted to make that my first study that we discussed because it's not just the bristles, it's also the toothpaste to use. Okay, another study, a more recent, 2022. The effect of the toothbrush tuft arrangement and bristle stiffness on the abrasive dentin wear. So it's the 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 amount that the bristle can bend, a very soft brush will give sooner, the, the bristles will give, they're softer, and then also the arrangement. And I always suspected this, and that, and I think the toothbrush companies are onto this, but you can have a, a conventional toothbrush has just lots of parallel rows, evenly spaced of bristles. But if you cross them, or if you stagger them, or if the tuft height is different at different areas, that softens the brush a little bit in the sense that it's not as abrasive to your tooth structure. This study essentially says brushing force, frequency, abrasivity of the toothpaste and toothbrush bristle design are all important factors. It takes everything into account. But essentially, with three newtons of brushing force, a even a, any soft and medium bristles cause comparable abrasive dentin wear, so it didn't really matter about the brush. Then they took the soft bristle brush and applied a little bit more force, and they and they found that uh, statistically there was significantly less abrasive dentin wear, and that was at four newtons of force. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what that is and how to gauge that. So, and um, that study also concluded that toothbrushes with crossed tufts cause less abrasive dentin. So if you see a very complex crisscross diagonal design grouping of bristles, uh, the groupings have a kind of a dome-shaped surface, those are all probably safer toothbrushes. They're designed to be safer and to be as effective uh, as a conventional line up all the bristles. The machine takes these bristles, sinks them into a, a, a molten warm kind of bed of nylon. That's the toothbrush handle. It drops them in there, it cools, then it gets whisked off and all the bristles get cut. Hopefully they get end-rounded and polished. Sometimes they don't. That's the old-fashioned way of making a toothbrush, and those are very inexpensive toothbrushes. So look for that complex pattern. Cross-action is another word that they use. They, they do feel better. They're, they tend to be a little bit more effective at reducing and disorganizing the biofilm plaque, and, and they tend to be safer. So, and again, this is these... These are researchers looking at biomicroscopy, very high magnifications. They're able to see wear in a very, very short time on teeth. That study was actually in the mouth. So two more studies. The effect of toothbrush bristle stiffness and toothbrushing force. Another one, this is 2021. 
Essentially, it says the soft bristle toothbrush tends to cause less abrasive wear. And that is true. And I always look for a gum-sensitive brush or a, a very soft brush. And there's a new category called the nano or the micro bristle. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. That fits very well into that category. And then last study, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll make this the last study. Effect of a sonic, okay, so electric. Again, I talked about all those previous studies. Uh, when the first studies came out on electric toothbrushes, they were all very, very positive. It's a mixed bag now, and there's there's more detail to that information, more depth of understanding, and it's it's not perfect. And And no toothbrush is perfect. This is a modern invention that we designed, again, back in World War I, so that we could deal with this modern diet that we invented and all the setbacks that we've experienced from that that diet, uh, increase in decay and you know the metabolic nature of gum disease due to our food and and the processed foods and and all of that. Okay, so the effect of sonic toothbrush, this is on a sonic hair toothbrush on the abrasive dentin wear, gouging dentin, which is the softer root material uh, of the tooth below enamel, uh, using toothpaste with different abrasivity values. Uh, International Journal of Dental Hygiene, love that journal, by the way. Brushing with a sonic toothbrush could result in a higher abrasive dentin wear compared to manual toothbrushes when combined with toothpaste with high abrasivity values. Again, that's an important study because if you were just to take the electric toothbrush, set it on low, use it correctly, dip it in water, it wouldn't be so bad. But it depends on which toothpaste you're using. And the sonic, you know, movement in all kind of axes at, I think it's 30K per minute, that's quite efficient. And those bristles are moving around a lot faster than you can with the human, with human motion. And so there's some advantage to that, but then you add a whitening toothpaste, for example, and here come your sensitive teeth and receding gums and gouging of the enamel, uh, abfractions, these little uh, areas that the ditching of the enamel, and then you go in and brush sideways and that makes it worse. So it's really about a combination of many, many factors. And I'll, I'll conclude and give you some recommendations in the end. I've got one more study here. Again, another, this was 2019. Uh, bristle stiffness and bristle end shape related to adverse effects on soft tissues, gum recession during toothbrushing. This, oh, this was an interesting study. I, I love these systematic reviews. Very recent one out of almost 2000 studies, they pulled 13. So they, they get the best studies. They throw away all the junk or the ones with bias or, or ones that have poor methodology. And then they analyze it. And here it said that hard bristle toothbrushes produce more gingival lesions gum recession, than medium and soft bristle brushes. Uh, conclusion, soft and extra soft toothbrushes tend to be safer. Uh, oral soft tissue injuries, that's where you literally cut yourself in the mouth or, or cause uh, painful gums after brushing, are similar for both tapered and end-rounded bristles. So a tapering, which is uh, most bristles are all the same height, like this. Actually, they're not. Sorry, I can't do that with those of my fingers. Uh, they're all the same height, but a staggered brush has different heights of bristles. They're all, and so that way you're not, it's, the toothbrush is a little less efficient, but it digs in more, but you're not getting this sheeting action of, of, of very abrasive nylon on dentin and on enamel and on the gums. But then again, if the bristles, again, old fashioned design, if the bristles are all cut evenly and not tapered, but they're all end rounded or tufted, 
That's where a nylon bristle would have a, if it's cut evenly at the factory, it would have a raw edge, a knife edge around it because it's a cylinder of nylon. But then later they go in and they polish these to a hemispherical dome, uh, which is very opaque. That's going to lead me to the next point. Uh, that hemispherical dome is round. And so it's a round surface burnishing and, and brushing your teeth. But unfortunately, that hemispheric dome breaks up and becomes sharp, jagged, or flat, and then goes back to being essentially the same as a cheap toothbrush without that end rounding procedure. So, okay, so that's it for the studies. Hi, Dr. B here with a new product discovery that I am very excited to be using now in my daily regimen. Probably the most undervalued aspect of oral health boils down to the health of our saliva. And hydration plays a huge role in our body's ability to produce saliva. The oral biofilm, which supports the oral microbiome, experiences dynamic cycles of D and rehydration due to our choices of beverages, medications we are taking, and even to how we breathe. And for our saliva glands to produce enough saliva, about a liter and a half a day, the body has to be adequately hydrated. After all, saliva is 99.5% water. Saliva also contains sodium, potassium, and magnesium, which activates the saliva and allows it to do its job, and that is to support the oral microbiome. This is why I add these exact minerals in a very specific ratio to my drinking water daily. And the best way I have found to accomplish this is by adding a packet of Element. Make sure your saliva is available to function at its best. Go to the link drink lmnt.com slash ask the dentist for a free gift and a chance to sample all of Element's flavor choices. Staying hydrated isn't just about body health or for athletes. It's also for anyone that wants to achieve long-lasting oral health and a healthy and vibrant smile. Again, the link to easy and optimal hydration is drinklmnt.com slash ask the dentist. I spoke of that hemispherical dome, that's important. So I'm just going to show you some toothbrushes now and tell you what to look for. The first point is when you take a bristle and, and cut it, it has a shiny mirror-like surface on the top. And again, this is not going to show up on, on my camera, but let's, I'm just picking out a cheap toothbrush. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to demonstrate it to you, but I mean, it, it makes sense. That's a flat surface and it reflects light. So a well-made toothbrush will be very opaque. So this is, okay, so this is one of my favorite toothbrushes, the Radius. We have it on our store. You've heard me say this before. The handle itself is recycled. It can be flipped for righties or lefties. And then you throw away just the head. I like the shape of the head. It's a little broad. Some people think it's too big, but once you get used to it, you get good coverage. I was trying to brush the gums as well as the teeth. So this has a staggered form. The bristles are not all cut at the same level. And it has a very opaque, it has a very opaque, it's not reflecting light on this surface. That's a good sign. That means the bristles are end rounded. And then over time, you'll feel the difference. That's so that was the opaque test. Now we've got the thumb or finger test. You will feel the difference. Uh, in fact, next time you throw away your old toothbrush after four to six weeks is what I recommend. Even for electric, yeah, especially for electric. Those electric toothbrushes wear out quicker, the heads, 
because they're moving around more. Uh, just just do the finger test on the new bristles, the new head, and the old head. You will feel the difference. And then there's the sound test on electric toothbrushes. A lot of electric toothbrushes are just kind of on the jump on the bandwagon, and it's basically just a kind of a, a toothbrush head, probably low quality, on a, on a little vibrator. So I don't know if you can hear that noise. That looks and feels like a sonic toothbrush, but it's not sonic. It's just vibrating. It's not even oscillatory, like the famous Oral-B Brawn. That's got a more mechanical noise. It's not going around. It's oscillating back and forth. I think it's a 30-degree uh, oscillation. Some will uh, bounce back and forth in this direction. This is a great toothbrush. Well designed, one of the first that came out. You've got all the people that essentially copy this brush. It doesn't have a rechargeable battery. You put some double A's in here. These are 10 bucks. Very aggressive bristles. You've got all the bells and whistles here. Seemingly that little circular one rotates, which is more abrasive than os oscillating. And then you've got this little slider that bounces up and down. These are really throwaway toothbrushes, bad for the environment. They don't last very long. They leak. Oral-B will do some cross action. You see the angle of the bristles. So essentially that takes the end of the bristle and as it touches the tooth, it's at an angle that's a little safer. There's tufting and there's grouping of the bristles. Again, based on those studies, all these patterns actually make the toothbrush uh, as efficient as an aggressive toothbrush, but safer. Gobi does the same thing, basically a knockoff of, of the Oral-B. Really nice ergonomics, inexpensive, comes in great colors. I like pink. Uh, Barbie, Barbie pink. And then uh, you've got the Sonicare knockoffs. Boca makes a great one. Charcoal bristles, ignore that. It's just a, it's a gimmick. But great grouping of the bristles. I don't know if you, yeah, you can see that. Grouping of the bristles and a little bit of cupping. And then there's the really high-end Sonicare. Uh, they sent me this brush. I love it, but I would never buy it. It's a $250 toothbrush. Very elegant and beautiful. Does some cool things. Has a Bluetooth. A transmitter in it. I mean, it's for a certain crowd. And if this will make you brush better and more often, I'm, I'm all for it. But again, look at that bristle pattern. Uh, and again, this is the extra soft brush. You can tell the difference between extra soft and firm with that finger test. The problem with electric toothbrushes is, is there's no flexing of the head. So whatever pressure you apply, you're going to get to the tooth. Most of us pressure the uh, head of the toothbrush too often. Most toothbrushes have built-in angulation for ergonomics. That helps. I find that a straight toothbrush sometimes can be difficult for people, the biomechanics. This allows you to dig in a little bit more and turn corners. But again, the head doesn't flex. It's too stiff. So if you're applying a lot of pressure, then you're you're creating a lot of abrasivity to your teeth. Great, great grouping of the bristles, though. It's kind of got a nano feel to it, very soft. And I'm going to hold this up against my blue shirt here. You can see that some bristles are very, they're sticking out and they're very fine. And then there's a sub-layer of bristles underneath that. This is a, a nice design. There's Quip, which I helped uh, launch. Wonderful toothbrush, love it. Love the design. Flexing head, very nice head. It's got little silicone squeegees on it helps get food out of the embrasures. The brush is well-designed. Grouping, you'll notice, and this is an old toothbrush design. They had it well a long time ago. Look at that criss, diagonal crisscross action. Wonderful, great travel toothbrush. This is what I travel with. There are all sorts of other toothbrushes. You've got, you know, again, good ergonomics. There are the bristles again, staggered. You can see that some are longer than the others. 
that's a good design that that helps get in between the gums. Those kind of Nimbus makes a good one. Um, we used to hand that out in our practice. I think it was locally made and designed in the Silicon Valley. Same same concept. That little hairy. It's prickly at first. So if you have sensitive gums, that this kind of design toothbrush will be a little difficult. It'll be a little sensitive to you. And, and then over time, that will go away. And it's a great indicator that you have better gingival health. Gums that tend to bleed upon provocation, like brushing or even touching them, uh, they tend to be a little bit more sensitive. And this is a great way to kind of flesh that out. Again, the radius, it's got a head that flexes. It's got a little bit of a reverse ergonomic. Uh, it's the opposite of a, of a head that's turned in. I like it. Takes a while to get used to. Uh, charcoal bristles, again, gimmicky. I'm going to end with how to use the toothbrush properly. Charcoal, supposedly, when the bacteria, after you brush and you have lots of bacteria on here, the uh, charcoal bristles uh, somehow disinfect toothbrush head. So last thing I want to end with before we get to that, everyone needs to try this toothbrush. I will, there's no name on the toothbrush. I think I have a prototype. I will, if if it exists, I will get a link. Every dentist, every hygienist needs to try this toothbrush. I don't really l like using it because it's it it frustrates me, but it's got a clutch on it. In other words, if you push too hard, it's a breakaway uh, design. And it's specifically designed, I used to know the strength, I forget, uh, 250 uh, uh, newtons, I'm not sure, millinewtons, I think. But anyway, this was eye-opening because the minute you brush with it, you realize that the amount of force that everyone's used to using is too much. And so this is a great instructional tool, especially for children. Highly recommend this. Conventional bristle design has opacity, all cut at the same level. So I'm not sure about the safety of the head, but this is a great idea. And everyone should have this in their drawer and check in every once in a while. Last category, love this category. Been using it a lot lately. lately. The micro or nano, uh, you can't even see the bristles. They're tiny. They are, the diameter of each bristle is minuscule. It's very, very small. Eight, there it is, 80 microns. Uh, so there are more bristles per, per square inch, per square millimeter. And then, of course, they're staggered in this wave-like form. Some are longer, some are shorter. And this has a great feeling. If you have sensitive gums, this is the way to go. This is the safest toothbrush on the market. It holds toothpaste very well, and it's a joy to use. I would say, though, it takes a little bit longer to get the same effect, but totally worth it. Why would you want to damage your enamel and your teeth? Just spend an extra minute, maybe three minutes. Uh, these come in all different shapes and sizes. Highly recommend the Nano Bristle. Uh, safer, softer. Maybe they don't last as long as a normal toothbrush. Again, who cares? This is what would you, what's easier to fix? Your toothbrush, just replace it or your teeth. Uh, you, you know the answer to that. So anyway, so there's that. We talked about the flex of the head, the sound test. Oh, let me get back to the sound test. Okay. So the difference between, between sonic. Okay. That's a high level sonic it has a tuning fork sound to it. Not sonic. Looks like sonic. It's a vibrator with the toothbrush head on the end. So be very careful. Uh, if you're going to use Sonic, make sure it's 30K os uh, oscillations, not oscillations, uh, vibratory movements uh, per minute. That's uh, It has a very particular sound to it. But again, if you use it with an abrasive whitening toothpaste, you're causing a lot of damage. So 
In summary, <laughs> I know this is a little complicated. I hope this is helpful. Use your toothbrush correctly. Don't apply a lot of force. Try the, the, the clutch test here, pressure test. Use the toothbrush that has a very weak head that bends a little bit. Jiggle. Don't saw. Don't, don't ever saw. You see this in the movies. You see it on TV shows. You want to jiggle, aim for the gums. Use a light touch, maybe two or three fingers. If you're a hard brusher, use your non-dominant hand. That'll slow you down, make you less efficient until you learn how to do that again. Again, brushing is this, we've been programmed to really get in there and scrub. And the harder the toothbrush, the better. But then later we suffer uh, with sensitive teeth. It's just not worth it. So it's methodology. It's your it's your method of how you brush. It's the toothpaste you use. Use an RDA toothpaste of less than 50. Always. It's, uh, if you want to whiten your teeth, go see a dentist. It, we, we do it chemically rather than through abrasion. A lot of people are using whitening toothpaste every single, twice a day of, of their lives. And, and this is a source of a lot of problems. So, so there's that. And then bristles, the bristle design. And we talked about staggering and the complex patterns, then go, go nano, nano or micro if you can. That's all very helpful. So again, it's not, as simple as you would have expected. I hope that this was uh, helpful. Uh, leave comments below. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, you can always contact me at mark at askthedentist.com. And I'd love to hear about what you're using, what has worked and what has worked and what's not working for you. And if this rings a bell at all. And and the most important thing in the end, the, the last thing that gets forgotten, replace your toothbrush head. They don't last very long. They are, remember, your, your enamel is harder than the nylon bristles. Guess what wears first, obviously. Uh, even though you can wear a dentin, it takes a long time and a lot of toothbrushes and enamel. Um, the enamel is harder than, than nylon. It's going to wear out a lot of toothbrushes before you start feeling tooth sensitivity and all that. So anyway, hope that was of some help. Thank you so much for listening and for your interest in oral health. It is so important. Again, this is something we use every single day, twice a day. It's important that you get it right because a lifetime of brushing incorrectly or with the wrong instrument with the wrong toothpaste combination of all the above uh, can lead to a, a lot of uh, dental pain. And uh, we, we don't want that. Also, more bills at the dentist. Thank you so much for listening. If you're looking for a functional dentist, ask, ask, go see a functional dentist. And, and while you're sitting there with the hygienist for that one hour, ask them about all this. They are full of knowledge. They, they, they have the floor for at least 40, 45 minutes and they can explain all this to you. Don't sit there and chat about the weather. Learn from them. This is information that you need to know. And it's not just about brushing twice a day. And, and then seeing your dentist twice a year and flossing, of course. Don't forget about flossing. Uh, it's way more than that. So again, the functional approach is all about that and working in that upstream area of prodromal disease states. In other words, no symptoms yet. And we're trying to prevent it so that by the time your gums are sensitive and you can't really brush and then you need surgery, uh, it's better to treat upstream. Again, that is the functional approach. And we do have a directory of functional dentists. Go to askthedentist slash, sorry, askthedentist.com slash directory. And uh, if you can't find anyone, reach out to us. Uh, go to our website. We have a lot of uh, articles and blog posts on, on all of this. And we have a store. And I certainly don't recommend all these toothbrushes. I have my favorites. That always changes. So keep checking in. And uh, if you don't have a lot of time to research, we've done it for you buy it from our store. We appreciate that. Again, thank you for joining us. See you in the next episode.
Thanks for listening to Ask the Dentist. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Mike Fry. Drop me a line at mark at askthedentist.com. If you have any comments or suggestions, I'd love to hear them. And if you liked this episode, please leave us a review on your podcast app. Thanks for listening and especially for taking an interest in oral health. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search our Find a Dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.